Well, the scripture lesson for tonight, the Old Testament lesson, is taken from Exodus chapter 32. When the people saw that Moses delayed in coming down from the mountain, the people gathered themselves together to Aaron and said to him, Up, make us gods who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. So Aaron said to them, Take off the rings of gold that are in the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took off the rings of gold that were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold from their hand, and he fashioned it with a graving tool and made a golden calf. And they said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And when Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall we, there be a feast to the Lord. And they rose up early the next day, and they offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. And the Lord said to Moses, Go down, for your people whom you brought up out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way that I commanded them. They have made for themselves a golden calf and have worshipped it and sacrificed to it and said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people, now, therefore, let me alone that my wrath may burn hot against them and I may consume them in order that I may make a great nation of you. But Moses implored the Lord his God and said, O Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say, with evil intent did he bring them out to kill them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth. Turn from your burning anger and relent from this disaster against your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, to whom you swore by your own self and said to them, I will multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and all this land that I have promised I will give to your offspring and they shall inherit it forever." And the Lord relented from the disaster that he had spoken of bringing on his people. Then Moses turned and he went down from the mountain with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand, tablets that were written on both sides, on the front and on the back they were written. The tablets were the work of God and the writing was the writing of God engraved on the tablets. When Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said to Moses, there is a noise of war in the camp. But he said, It is not the sound of shouting for victory or the sound of the cry of defeat, but the sound of singing that I hear. And as soon as he came near the camp and saw the calf and the dancing, Moses' anger burned hot, and he threw the tablets out of his hands, and he broke them at the foot of the mountain. He took the calf that they had made and burned it with fire and ground it to powder and scattered it on the water and made the people of Israel drink it. 
And Moses said to Aaron, What did this people do to you that you have brought such a great sin upon them? And Aaron said, Let not the anger of my Lord burn hot. You know the people that they are set on evil. For they said to me, Make us gods who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And so I said to them, Let any who have gold take it off. And so they gave it to me, and I threw it into the fire, and out came this calf. And when Moses saw that the people had broken loose, for Aaron had let them break loose to the derision of their enemies, then Moses stood in the gate of the camp, and he said, Who is on the Lord's side? Come to me. And all the sons of Levi gathered around him. And he said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Put your sword on your side, each of you, and go to and fro from gate to gate throughout the camp, and each of you kill his brother and his companion and his neighbor. And the sons of Levi did according to the word of Moses. And that day about 3,000 men of the people fell. And Moses said, Today you have been ordained for the service of the Lord, each one at the cost of his son and of his brother, so that he might bestow a blessing upon you this day. And the next day Moses said to the people, You have sinned a great sin, and now I will go up to the Lord, and perhaps I can make atonement for your sin. And so Moses returned to the Lord, and he said, Alas, this people have sinned a great sin. They have made for themselves gods of gold. But now if you will forgive their sin, but if not, please blot me out of your book that you have written. But the Lord said to Moses, Whoever has sinned against me, I will blot out of my book. But now go, lead the people to the place about which I have spoken to you. Behold, my angel shall go before you. Nevertheless, in the day when I visit, I will visit their sin upon them. And then the Lord sent a plague on the people because they made the calf the one that Aaron made. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Out of respect for Christ, I invite you to rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel is according to St. John, the 19th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Then Pilate took Jesus and flogged him. And the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and arrayed him in a purple robe. They came up to him saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and struck him with their hands. Pilate went out again and said to them, See, I'm bringing him out to you that you may know that I find no guilt in him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate said to them, Behold the man. When the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him, crucify him. And Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and according to that law he ought to die because he made himself the Son of God. When Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid. And he entered his headquarters again and he said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, You will not speak to me? 
Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you is the greater sin. From then on, Pilate sought to release him. But the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. So when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and he sat down on the judgment seat at the place called the Stone Pavement and in Aramaic, Gabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. And he said to the Jews, Behold your king. And they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. And Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? And the chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. And so he delivered him over to them to be crucified. And so they took Jesus. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, the Ten Commandments were carved in stone. I suppose they could have been written on parchment or papyrus. They could have been scratched on clay and baked. They could have been traced into the dirt by a finger. Or they could have been drawn on a wall. But none of these methods are as permanent as being carved into stone. And none are as impressive, especially when the wo- this words are carved into stone by none other than the finger of God himself. Now, if these two stone tablets could talk, if they could shout at us, what might they shout? Well, I suggest that they might bellow, Stand with the Lord. Stand with the Lord. Standing with the Lord means recognizing that there's no democracy with the Lord. The Lord demands rock-solid, unequivocal allegiance. You shall have no other gods before me. That's the first commandment. God leaves no room for bartering, for waffling in our pledge of allegiance to him. God lays out the Ten Commandments for everyone to obey. There's no room for debate. It's God's way or the highway, the highway to hell. Well, the Israelites, they stand with the Lord, at least for a moment. For after hearing the covenant read by Moses, as we heard it this past Sunday, the people, well, they vowed unanimously their allegiance for the Lord. They said, we will do everything, we will do everything that the Lord has said, we will obey. Oh, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. For shortly after they had made this allegiance to to the Lord and promised to be faithful to him in everything, well, we soon hear that the Israelites commissioned Aaron to build a golden calf who will now serve as their God. 
The text tells us from our Old Testament lesson tonight, when the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and they said, Come, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. And so Aaron instructs them to collect the gold earrings that the women and the men and the, and the, women, the other young women wear. They collect it all. They bring it before Aaron and he casts the gold into the shape of a calf. And then he invites them to have a huge festival in which they'll sacrifice to this golden calf and they'll eat and they'll drink in revelry. Well, when Moses descends Mount Sinai and witnesses this carnage of unbelief, he is so overcome with anger that he shatters the stone tablets upon which God had hand-carved the Ten Commandments. And the shattering of these stones, these stone tablets, symbolizes that their willful disobedience has wrecked completely wrecked their relationship, destroyed the covenant that they had made with God. Now, before we are quick to judge these rebellious Israelites, we should probably take stock of our own relationship with the Lord. If we run through those Ten Commandments, I think it's pretty easy for all of us to see how we have disobeyed the Lord. And if we take seriously God's reaction to the Israelites' idolatry in our text, then God's reaction is really quite severe, isn't it? If we take that into account, then we can come to the realization very quickly that God probably views our own violation of His commandments just as strongly. There is no democracy with God. Cornelius Plantinga, Jr., in his book, Assurances of the Heart, writes, A great spiritual danger accompanies the democratic spirit. The danger is that we may seek to rid our lives of not only human but also divine dominion. The danger in a popular democracy is that we may try to democratize God. If we don't like God's program, if our eyes are opened, and we conclude that God isn't necessarily any better qualified than we are, we can simply vote him out and run for office ourselves. Sadly, that's what many people have done, haven't they? They have thought that they can live their life better without God, and so they have kind of voted themselves into office and made themselves God. And that is always our peril, too. It's not a wise course of action to take, though. And the stone tablets, those two stone tablets that were shattered on the ground by Moses, they would shout out, Stand with the Lord. Now, to stand with the Lord means kneeling in His presence. Many of the people of Israel did repent of their rebellion. They did kneel before the Lord and they confessed their sin and God forgave them for their sin. But those who did not repent of their sin and who still continue to be rebellious and obstinate, 
while they faced the wrath of God. As we heard, many a man lost his life because he refused to repent. And in fact, we're told in our text that the Lord sent a plague on the people because they made the calf, the one that Aaron made. The story is told of Emperor Frederick the Great. Maybe you've heard this story before, because we pastors like to tell this story. But Emperor, Emperor Frederick the Great visited some of the prisoners in the prison at Potsdam. And each one claimed innocence. I'm innocent. I'm a victim of the system. I was accused falsely. This was an injustice. I should not be in this jail. One prisoner, however, did not come forward. But he sat quietly in the corner of his jail cell. And the emperor noticed. And so he went to that man and he asked, And you, sir, who do you blame for your sentence? And the prisoner replied, Your majesty, I am guilty, and I deserve my punishment. Well, surprised, Frederick the Great shouted for the prison warden, Come and get this man, he said. Get this man out of here before he corrupts all of these innocent people. Yes, the man repented, and the king released him. The man admitted he was rightfully judged. The king set him free. Yes, the stones would shout, stand with the Lord, or actually kneel before the Lord with a repentant, sorrowful heart, confessing your sins before Him and recognizing that He is a merciful and gracious God. And He does forgive the sins unto a thousand generations. Stand with the Lord. For the Lord stood on on the place of judgment. He stood on the stones of Gabbatha, for you and for me. You know, on the basis of God's law, and even under Roman law, Jesus was not guilty of any crime. He was the perfect, obedient one. And yet, here in this Gospel reading that we heard tonight, Jesus stands. He stands on the stone pavement called Gabbatha, the place of judgment. He stands before Pontius Pilate, and Pilate recognizes that this man standing before him is completely innocent, and he tries to do everything he can to set Jesus free. But no matter what Pilate tried to do, freedom was not in Jesus' future. Jesus stood on that stone pavement known as Gabbatha, that place of judgment for you, And for me, he took your place and my place. He was condemned for our sin. And Jesus travels from Gabbatha to Golgotha. And on Golgotha, he is executed for our sin. The Son of God who is without sin takes our sin and condemnation on himself so that we, you and I, and all the people of this world, might be forgiven of our sin. No wonder the stones shout, stand with the Lord. Because with the Lord Jesus Christ, there is plentiful forgiveness. 
stones of Gabbatha shout, where do you stand? Now, to stand with the Lord means that we often hide behind the Lord. A pastor asked a lady in his congregation, suppose you were standing before the gate of heaven and God asked, why should I let you in? What would you say? Would you say, I've been a faithful wife and a loving mother. I've been sober for years and I'm generally a good person. What do you think God might say to you if you said that? And the lady responded, God would say, get out of here, beat it. And then what would you do, the pastor asked. And she replied, I would hide behind Jesus so that God would see, wouldn't see me, but he would only see Jesus. That's a pretty good place to hide, isn't it? Behind Jesus. Behind Jesus, the one who was nailed to the cross for our sins. Behind Jesus, who was rejected by his own heavenly Father so that God would not reject us. Behind Jesus, who even tasted death so that we might ultimately be victorious over death. Yes, it's worth standing behind Jesus because in him there is complete and full forgiveness with God. How can we be sure of heaven? How could this woman be sure that she would enter into heaven at the end of time? Not by looking to her own works, not by saying, oh, I've been a pretty good person all my life. I've devoted my life to the Lord. No. But instead, she could be sure of heaven because Jesus was condemned for her. Jesus shed his blood for her, even as he shed his blood for you and for me. And so she could be sure of heaven because Jesus died for her. He could, she could be sure of heaven and you and I can be sure of heaven because Jesus rose from the dead and He's promised everlasting life to all of us who believe in Him as Savior. And He even has sent the Holy Spirit into our lives in the waters of holy baptism where, our, where the Holy Spirit created faith in our hearts and He has continued to keep us in that faith as He speaks to us in His Word and He strengthens us in our faith and He enables us to be able to stand with Him. And so the stones of Lent shout at us tonight, stand with the Lord. It really is wise counsel. For taking your stand on anything else is deadly. How does the hymn express it? On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Amen. And now may the peace of God which surpasses all our all our understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.